0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of no names all game my name is Chris I'm your host joined as always by my co-host Pat both back in LA uh, for this episode and unfortunately it's another sad episode um, after the Ohio State game we were hoping that we were not going to have another one all season not this soon at least um, so yeah sad episode no intro song and it's a lot of emotions over the last couple of days this is we're recording this Monday night uh, October the 15th. What's your, uh,
1: what's your overall feel right now? What are you thinking? Oh, Chris, the sky has fallen. The fat lady has sung. You have, we have stuck a fork in ourselves. It's over um, in terms of us being Big Ten champions or in the college football playoff. However, we still have a chance at a 10-2 and two regular season at a respectable New Year's Bowl win. And if you look to the future, future. Teams that go 10-2 and still get good recruiting classes, okay? Mm -hmm. So it is the pinnacle of our hopes. Yes, that is absolutely dashed. However, we have a chance to be as good as, you know, Penn State has realistically most of the time ever been.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's a good way to say we're going to get into sort of a a state of the union in a minute here. And I want to start with this. A lot of negativity out there on the Twitter sphere right now. A lot of uh, fire Franklin, fire Ronnie, everyone needs to go. You're allowed to feel that way in the moment, right? Like in the moment, losing that game, I was pissed. Then I was just really sad. And then I got to like a point of just confused, like how did that possibly happen? Uh, so you're allowed to feel these things. Like hell, I was tweeting out, you know, gifs of like the sad kid waving goodbye and it's like us at our season, right? And, yeah. But like you're allowed to feel that because you're right, this season, it's over, right? We, we don't, we're not going to go to in the way, playoff. In a way. In a way. It, we're not going to for the playoff or for the conference. It's over. Um, and that's, that's the crazy thing about college football. So this is sort of what I was talking about. State of the union is the reason we're so goddamn invested every single week is because it legitimately matters every week, yeah. right? You watch baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL. You can be a super fan and you can get over losses in the regular season. That just doesn't happen in college football. So yeah, I think for me, it's, it's, Confused and, and we'll get through our regular stuff here. We'll give out our awards, our lion and our lamb. We'll go through our good, bad, and <laughs> ugly. Um, but for me, 17 point, or I'm sorry, 14 point favorites at home, homecoming, after a bye week coming off of just a devastating one point loss to Ohio State. It's just, I don't know exactly how
1: it happened. So that's about as bad as a loss. It's brutal as you can get. It's actually brutal. A team that's underperformed badly so far this season and wasn't completely healthy. And that's the that's the worst part. Is we talked on our preview how we wanted to not only win
0: but win big because if we narrowly survived the narrative would be oh is Penn State really that good? Well guess what we fucking lost. So yeah. that narrative is worth the window yeah. for right now. Um But yeah, I think, I think there's, there's a lot still to be said for the overreactions. And, and that's what I want to get into is all of the tweets of fire Franklin and this team sucks. It's, it's tough because the, just this beast that is college football, it's, I don't think people understand how hard it is to sustain success. Um, and we've kind of placed those expectations on ourselves, I think stemming from, was it 2016 with the Big Ten Championship. Mm-hmm. We got that taste of sweet, sweet victory, and now that's the expectation, which, which is a good thing, right? As a fan, as a player, as a coach, you should want – that should be the expectation every year. It always pissed me off when uh, when uh, Rex Ryan, our famous coach for the Jets, he of would course. say, our goal is to win the Super Bowl, and people would get pissed. What do you want him to say? Our goal is to go 9-7 and seven and lose in the first round of the playoffs? Like Your goal should be as high as you can possibly get. So I love that those are our expectations – But that makes this hurt that much more. So let's go kind of State of the Union, State of the Penn State football program. Like, what do you see right now? Obviously, you just said still can go 10-2. and Where do you land on the fire everybody versus all things are great?
1: Okay. First of all, this is a bitter disappointment. And it also makes me worried about what we're going to see going forward through the rest of the season. You know, we already have two losses. It's not going to be easy for us to go through the rest of the season without a loss. But we can do it. Um and, you know, th- this team isn't a bad team. No. I'm um, that, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Uh they have a lot of fight left in them. There's no way a guy like Trace McSorley is just rolling over and letting a team give up. Okay. Uh as things look can still look bright in the future, you know, and we still have great recruiting classes. Um we're gonna keep getting better. Yep. As far as firing James Franklin. I'm not saying you're stupid if you have this opinion, but I'm saying that your opinion on this is stupid. <laughs> um,
0: I, I agree. And I, like I said, I'm not going to argue on this one. I think we're aligned. But the people, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a little bit more into Penn State football than the casual fan. So I
1: hope you're on our side on this. But if you're not, just just listen, listen yeah. to what we have to say here. So the, the big uh, criticism of Franklin is he can't win the big one. That is not an unfair criticism. He certainly had trouble with that. My counter-argument is, so right now it's 2018. When's the last time Penn State even played in a big one? Okay, and here's the thing. Games can be big to Penn State, but unless you're a 10-win team, you don't play any big games because none of your games have any sort of national relevance. That That's just straight up, like, as far as I'm concerned, that's a fact.
0: Yeah, without 10 wins, you're not in a conference championship. You're not in a playoff. You're not in a BCS Bowl of the old days. It's just... Doesn't happen. One loss is typically enough. Two, and hell, you're you're
1: not in the conversation. Exactly. And so, in the past twenty years, twenty-two zero, Penn State has had ten regular season wins four times while not being coached by James Franklin. Interesting. That's twenty years without with only having an opportunity four opportunities to play any big games at all. And James Franklin is has coached four full seasons, already with two of them as ten regular, ten win regular season, you know, campaigns. Yeah, twenty sixteen and twenty seven. So we had the Big Ten Championship, and
0: then obviously last year with our uh, pretty great regular season, and then the Fiesta Bowl, right? Yes.
1: All right, and yeah, I, I I'm just as frustrated that James Franklin has trouble putting away these big games. It kills me and it frustrates me to watch it happen. However, I would rather go 10 and 2 and lose some really excruciating games than go 7 and 6 every season. Like we have for the past 20 years. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I'm going to, I'm actually going to take the
0: opposite viewpoint than I do because I'm normally the optimistic one and I love how optimistic you are right now. Um, but just to play that, that devil's advocate is because Franklin said the same thing in the post game presser. They kind of asked him like, Hey, you know, we keep having these nail biter losses. And he said, he's like, Hey, I, you know, I'd rather lose five games by 12 points because that's what it is now. Going back to that Rose Bowl, we have lost five games since that time by a combined 12
1: points, which is just, I watched us lose one game to Ohio State by sixty points one time. Yeah, remember that? That's a lot worse. We lost a sixty-three to ten. I remember. <laughs> that. I
0: remember those games. They were terrible. Yeah. Um, so he said that. He said I'd rather lose five games by twelve points combined than be in some other situations. And and the answer is yes, of course, right? You would much rather be in every game than getting blown out. But I think the the criticism that is fair, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this, and in either are bad or ugly, is the ability to close out those games, right? Because it's not like we're losing nail biters and, and just coming up short, right? We have leads in these games, right? We have leads, not only into the fourth quarter, but deep into the fourth quarter. So I'm going to save that for, for a segment later on in the show, but that's the criticism. I completely agree with what you're saying, though. If you look back historically and, you know, Paterno has all kinds of, you know, scandal aside, of course, football only, he's got all kinds of accolades for being a wonderful coach, taking us to national titles. Like, oh, 20 years, only four times with 10 wins. Franklin's done it two in his last four. That's
1: yeah. kind of impressive with the chance to do it here half, in the third. Half of the full seasons he's coached at Penn State. Yep. He's had 10 wins in the regular season. And, that, and that's, that's a, a big, big deal. Okay? And, and
0: people are going to say, uh, oh, it's Joe Moorhead. It's Joe Moorhead. And yeah, of course, Joe Moorhead helped. But again, I think we, we you know, we both believe in Franklin and support Franklin because of what he's been able to build.
1: And we'll get to this. because so now he's got to take that step. He's got to go from great to elite, as he <laughs> yeah. said. And this week was a step back. Yeah. So there, I did see one difference in this sort of a closeout loss that we had as opposed to some of the other ones, mm. especially Ohio State last season, where it seemed like our defense started playing really soft in those losses, and that's what's allowed the comeback. This was a, a low-scoring game. You know what? Michigan State was always within one possession yep. the entire game. Yep. It wasn't like Ohio State where we were up big and they kept storming back, um, and then I thought our defense actually played really aggressively on that last drive. Yeah, Michigan. There was one big mistake, and Michigan we'll State there. did play well. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, so let me wrap, let me wrap up. This I, really I, I liked at least defensively. Yeah, I liked the way that game was coached at the end. I would. Which, which, I would is, agree. which is a big difference from our recent history. Bad losses. Different from even so two take, weeks ago. So take some solace in that. Yeah. Different from even you two know, weeks ago when we, we just started. What the big things over. we're all saying is. James Franklin has to improve in these losses. Well, despite the fact that we still lost again, I I did see improvement. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to wrap up this sort of state of the union thing, and then we'll get into the actual
0: game. Um, Kind of similar to your, your research of, you know, how many times in the last how many years have we won X amount of games? For me, it was conference championships because I think something, you know, a benchmark of college football before the playoff, before the BCS, whatever, it's did you win your conference, right? So looked at the Power Five. There are 65 total teams. If you include Notre Dame, we're just going to include them for now. Um, How many unique winners do you think there have been over the last five years? So five conferences, five years, 65 total teams. How many teams do you think have won their conference championship in the last five years? Probably less than 10. Not quite, but damn close. So 16 16, total winners. But... There's 65 teams, only 16 teams. And this is over five years span. So you, yeah. every year, another team has a chance to win. Another team has a chance to win. That's 24.6% of teams. So over the last five years, 75% of Power 5 college football teams have not won a college football championship. Yeah. We got one, right? That's and true. like, you don't want to cling on to that. And this, this is what I hate. Like when you get into this sort of, we had a really bad loss and you want to try to rationalize, like, you can manipulate stats to make yourself feel good all day. I don't think either one of these that we just rattled off does that. I think that's just No, they're real, important things. Right? Like, hey, we've won a conference championship in the last three years. We've won back-to-back 10 winning seasons. Like, the sky is not completely fall. We will be okay. Does this really, really suck right now? Yeah.
1: It yeah, does. because I thought we
0: could maybe win a national championship this season. Yeah, and you know what sucks And even now more? we can't. What sucks even more is the Ohio State game. We, I mean, I won't revisit completely, but we should have won that game in a game that we were underdogs, right? We played our asses off. We should have won the game. This game, we should have just demolished this team, and we just didn't show up. It's so like, that's, to me, what hurts about this one more than the last one. But I digress. The state of Penn State sucks for the moment. I think we'll be okay long term. So, why don't we jump into the actual game, shall we? No, of course. All right. So... If you're new to this podcast, we do a couple different things. Each game we're going to review, we go uh, give out our awards. We give out a lion and a lamb. So your lion is your MVP, your lamb is your LVP, least valuable player. And I don't, I don't want to give that one out this week because this is like, I hate I hate being negative about our team. But again, we're going to keep it straight. When there's you know things to call out, we're going to call out. And when there's good things to celebrate in a loss, we're going to try to do that too. So why don't we start with our lion? Who is your lion of this week?
1: Garrett Taylor. Damn it! I was gonna take him. It's a really good pick. Um, I, I he was all over the field. Um, only mistake I saw him make all game was not coming up with one interception on a drive where they stalled out anyway. Um, Did they stall out? Okay, because that was gonna be a point that I actually was gonna bring up that he had that was, chance. Okay, someone else had that chance. We'll get there. I'm and that, that man was my lamb. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I thought Garrett Taylor was just—he was everywhere. And he was making plays, had that interception off the tip, had some really good pass breakups. Just, I I, I was I was loving watching him. Yeah, and uh, I think, I don't remember what game it was that I gave it to him. Might
0: have been even Ohio State. No, probably a couple weeks before that. I gave him my line. Because I agree, I think he's very underrated as a safety. I think he plays, I think he plays the position really well. I think he's definitely becoming one of our best defenders. And kind of this is kind of what we see with, Penn State secondary because a lot of times we see a guy just getting to start his third, fourth, fifth yeah. year sometimes. He's been in the program for a long time. This is his first chance and hell, he's making a lot of opportunity out of it. Um, interception was great. What pisses me off about that interception, this dude needs to work on his closing speed. Garrett Taylor, I fucking love you. I need you to run just a little bit faster. because um, he, he, he had a similar interception in Ohio State where it got tipped, he caught it, and then just got chased down from the back. I think we scored on that one so it's fine this game i don't know i don't i don't know if it's fair to say that he would have scored but he kind of cut a little too far inside and you can see his legs are just not moving and he gets he gets caught by i think it was an offensive lineman um and he gets tripped up we go three and out we don't even score on that if he's able to just turn the juice on and go in we go 21 7 that's a completely different game so I hate to yeah, I'm telling you, this is this is weird to be we lost. I'm I'm all of a sudden negative one. Um I don't want to take away from the lion's battle, I, I really do think he had a phenomenal game. Um, but just do a couple do a couple win sprints for me man. That's yeah. all.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point.
0: Um, but yeah, on on a in a game where there are not a lot of bright spots, he is one hundred percent one of them. All right. Um my line, I think it's probably the only other option. It's gonna be Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um the dude had just two unbelievable highlight runs, and if you're going to talk about a guy without closing speed, Miles kind of falls into that too. Um, 78 yards. I, I mean, you don't expect everyone to be able to burn that the whole way, but man, he could have scored on that and just got a little winded at the end. Yeah, um, but we scored afterwards. Yes, anyway. exactly. So it doesn't matter, right? But it, it is funny to see. Also, they, usually defensive
1: backs are faster than running. Backs, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so like
0: I, I can't. Blame I'll give him a break. There. Listen, the the dude got half of Michigan State's season-long yards given up on in one play. Point, yeah. I'm very okay with it. Um, and even more impressively was his actual touchdown. Uh, I think it was a 48-yarder, yeah. bounced off a couple dudes. What I loved is after he made those like cuts where he bounced off of them, he did a little sidestep and two Michigan State guys ran into each other. I always love seeing that. Um, and then he
1: turned it on and got in the end zone. So just my, my really Myers has a beautiful jump cut. It's one of my favorite things he does. He's got this great jump cut. He really does. Mention. And and I love to uh,
0: Bleach Report tweeted, um, you know, Miles Sanders out there looking like Saquon Barkley, and almost every player, Saquon himself included, yeah. was like, Miles Sanders is looking like like Miles Sanders. Shut the hell up. Like, yeah, I loved that too. Love it because again, we've talked about it. this kid is just the real deal. And eventually, in one of these episodes, we'll do uh, we'll do sort of like an NFL prediction, guys that we think are going to leave. And spoiler alert: I don't I don't I'm not like leaning towards he will, but. He, he could. Might. He could if he wanted to. Like he's yeah. got the talent. He might not be a first round pick, but he'd he'd go somewhere. Um, so the only thing negative I'll say there is outside of those two runs, not a whole lot going. Which against the number one rush D in the country is expected. He averaged under three yards a carry outside of those uh, those two runs. Um, but yeah, he he set the tone, and and I wish we could have kept that going because I think. I don't want to say that was the difference, but that was that was a big piece. Is hey, we got these two huge runs, momentum's going, and then it kind of stalled out after that. So, Miles, you're lying. You're the man. Um, I, oh, yeah. I love everything about your game, and and I'm excited to see him continue continue to work on this for the rest of the season. I saw a stat earlier. I think he's
1: eighth in the FBS in average yards per game at something like 117 or so. I differ. The other big play that Garrett Taylor made was on that fake field goal. Yeah, that that was huge. Yes, yeah, um, yes. I love that. Yep. No, that that's actually. That's a really good call because I might've forgotten.
0: That. I might've talked about it later on, but yeah, we almost got burned by a big man scoring a touchdown. i not even just like a, a two yard run in that man. There's a big dude almost went up and got it. Yeah. Uh, and Garrett, Garrett Taylor, Taylor did a great to the little Spider-Man swinging out of nowhere to break it up. Uh, I mean, it would have been a tough catch for the dude, but I don't even want, I don't even want to leave that a chance. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Thank you, Garrett Taylor. Thank you, Miles Sanders. Um, yeah, and like we said, there there are gonna be shitty losses, this being one of them. You've gotta find bright spots. And I think both of those guys had really, really good games. To flip to the other side. Um this is this is tough because like I think there's I think there's so many candidates for for Lamb just because it's all around not a good game, but there's one guy that it falls very squarely on, and it pains me to, it pains me to hear this because I know who you're gonna say, and I, I mean. Like my soul, my no. heart and soul says yes, I agree. But like I really like this guy, so hit the people with it. Who is your lamb of the week? Amani Ora I oh, can not
1: I can't, I okay. can't fucking say. Orewariye. Um dropped a huge inter- an interception that would have won us the game. End of the game. What was there?
0: A minute left. Oh, yeah. And it was in his bread basket, man. It hit him in the numbers. He was like jumping in the air, it's not the most arms tucked catch. in. It, it should have happened, and you could see, like you could see
1: him going to the ground after that, just. Yeah. Pain in his eyes, and then let up the touchdown on what was he actually had really good coverage and then made a really bad play on the ball, which is always very frustrating to see he was there, he was doing the right thing, but then just didn't play the ball didn't do a good job turning around to look for it and then and overall, like on the day, just kind of got burned by Felton Davis the third like the entire second half uh Basically, this kid fell in Davis III was the only reason Michigan State had a third down conversion all day. And it was mostly Amani covering him, and he just really did a number on him. Yeah, and and that's why it's
0: tough for me because I, I really do – I really like Amani as a player. I so really, do I. I really so believe I. in him. I, you know what I love, too, is he's, he's getting some, like, legitimate mm-hmm. NFL hype. Um, and I know this year is a thinner year, but I've seen, like, many mock drafts with him in the late first round as a corner, which – I would have never guessed. And mm-hmm. I i mean, I'm no draft expert, but I would not have picked that. And again, mocks are bullshit. Who knows what's going to happen? But all that being said, I agree with you that he is the lamb of this week because of those plays, right? You catch that interception, and game's over, we win. It's a scary one, but at least we're sitting here talking, hey, we got out of it. And he's a hero. That's another game-ending interception. Right? Yeah. He had the one against App State. The play against Felton Davis, the game-winner, you're absolutely right in the fact that he had good coverage. Felton Davis did a little, like, stutter step to come back to the ball, and you could see Amani, like,
1: panic. They also made it. That was a very good play by um, Lewerke and Felton Davis, you know, with the just that kind of chemistry that they have yep. to basically intentionally underthrow it, yeah. and, he, and he stops. Yeah, it was like, a, hey, I'm going to throw it up, make the play. and And I think that was almost also,
0: too, like – he wasn't completely airing it out to go get a touchdown. they dude, they're, obviously they're playing for the win, but he they know they're in he field goal intentionally range. under throw. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They know they're in field goal range. Like, hey, if this drops, it drops, so be it. Um, what pisses me off about that play. And cause like I said, Amani plays it well. He sees Felton Davis coming back. Covers does it. Does it play, play, sorry. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, covers it well, sees Felton Davis kind of stutter, stop, and he just like panics and runs to him rather than looking up at the ball and then just gets spun around. Um, I'm not a football player. I wasn't on the field, but man, when you're right in front of him, can you not just push him out of bounds? Like I, that could have saved it. You know. No, no, no. Once he catches the ball, like he's oh. he's in front of him as he catches oh, the ball, yeah. and then Felton Davis kind of circles around him. To just give him a shove. Um, I don't know that that sucked, but on the day he had he had a pretty good day. He had four pass deflections, uh, four tackles, like. I don't know, I, I really like Imani. Yeah, it, was,
1: it, it wasn't like he got, you know, had some horrendous game. Right, and it, it was just the- He was getting picked on the whole the time. The crucial place. Yeah. And a couple, and I, I, you know, he did have some some other weaker moments again. Yeah, but, and there's one, I
0: was gonna talk about it later, but I'll bring it up now. There was one where he, uh, it would've been a tough play, but he dove kind of to make an interception, and this is one where they converted, and it went like right through his hands. Yeah. His hands were kind of like making a diamond to catch it, but it went right through. That's one for, for me, like if you're laying out like that and you you can't 100% say, I'm gonna have a chance to grab this dude, swat it down, like live to fight another day. Um, but that I believe converted for a first down where, where it would have been, I don't know, game ender, but it would have given us a damn good shot. Um, the only thing I don't like about this one, and I'm getting to all my good, bad and ugly in this, so sorry yeah. listeners, you're gonna get it all up front. I hate the coverage call on this last play. They are in the red zone. You leave Amani one on one with their best receiver, who's been killing us all day. Why do you not have a safety there to help? Garrett Taylor's like playing in the flat there. So Felton Davis runs past him. Garrett Taylor's like stays in the flat as if he's, yeah. you know, looking for a screen, which is probably his assignment. So he's playing it well. But why? Why do you let the best receiver that's been torching you one on one with the game on the line?
1: I just, I don't know. That my one guess my mind. would be that they didn't think Michigan State was going going for the end zone. Yeah, but I mean, like at the same time, like you have to prepare
0: for that, you know, yeah. like I don't, for me, that's a, and maybe I'm contradicting myself because if they do dump a little six yard out and he scores, then I'm going to say, why did you play so conservative? Right. So it's, it's, I mean, hindsight's 2020. 20. It's just, it sucked to see the one guy that all week, all of the analysts are saying, don't let this guy beat you. And he beat us that, that hurt me like a whole lot. So, Amani Oruarie, you are a lamb this week. And, man, you can just hear, it. like, I'm flat right now. Like, I'm. this sucks, man. And we just, just don't have it. We don't. And I almost want to give, Um, this is like in jest, I'm not actually going to give it to myself, but I kind of want to give myself the lamb. <laughs> um, in the preview, I was so nonchalant. It's like, ah, Michigan State doesn't scare me. Yeah, my work, right? doesn't scare me. My best, my best bet of the week. Thank God I don't have a lot of money because if I did, I would have put thousands of dollars on this. Was Penn State over thirty three points? I was like, that is a lock. Yeah. And and Penn State with the points, you, you would. I was oh, I was taking a lot of. posed this um, week. Good thing I'm relatively broke and make very small bets. Um, but yeah, my, my actual lamb. This is a tough one because I'm, I'm I'm in between two guys. I'm I'm gonna give it to one. I'll talk about the other later on because he wasn't really a lamb. He's just non-existent. My name's going to be Jake Finninger. Um I hate giving it to him another week. Uh, I think you gave it to him last week. Oh, yeah. I did. We should start recording like these. Uh, they were <laughs> so we can look back on it. It's, it's tough. No, to no, play. I didn't give it to him last week. I, I gave it mean?
1: to Franklin and Ronnie last yeah, week. Yeah,
0: I think you gave it to him one time. Here nor there. Yeah. Jake Penninger. It's, it's hard because he's a true freshman kicker. Expectations shouldn't be this high. But, again, when you're a team of our caliber, you've got to make your kicks. It was a 37 yarder. It wasn't a gimme, but three points is the difference in this game. Like if four, but you know what I mean. If we go up three at that point, I think the tide changes a little bit. Like I, I don't know. I'm hard. I'm I'm having trouble finding a lamb because there's not many outside of Amani that are just poor performances. Like there's a lot of subpar and there's a lot of trace played really poorly. All right, I wasn't gonna
1: go there, but what do you got for him? He did, um, but I mean to kind of go off Pinninger, uh I mean, I don't, I don't think expecting some uh, even a true freshman to be better than fifty percent is that high. Yeah, like, he, he was fifty percent today, and he's fifty percent on the season. He's four of eight
0: for field goals, and again, Franklin hasn't like completely challenged him. We haven't been putting him out there forty five
1: yarders. Yeah, no. and like this, this is a kid who if you if you follow him on social media, and by the way, the twenty yarder he made was fucking vile. I was terrified.
0: Terrified with just getting the right upright, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, he's he's 50% on the season. And what are we saying about him on social media? Oh yeah. If if you follow him on like Instagram or Twitter, like the months leading up to him getting to Penn State, he's showing off his leg. Like he's he's booting 60 yarders in practice. And of course, practice is different. You don't have anyone rushing you, there's no crowd going crazy. But for a kid who is fairly highly recruited as a kicker. Like, given the job as a true freshman, granted, we don't have a lot of other options, right? So it's not like, you know, it's not like there's a, a veteran sitting on the bench. I don't know. I just, I expect that you can make a 36, 37 yard field goal. It's just, it's, it really yeah. sucks because, again, in the Ohio State game, literally the difference where if we make that field goal, we win, maybe, right? You never know how the game goes. Yeah. Um, and in this one, too, if, if we make that field goal and go up, I think the game script changes. I think, I don't know. I I think there's a chance there, so I don't know. Trace, I I have a hard time giving it to him. I I see what you're saying,
1: but I—I mean, if he wasn't Trace McSorley, he didn't play a bad game. Yeah, yeah, fair. But 19 for 32 is okay. It's not. It's not bad. 192 yards is, and uh, I guess a lot of it doesn't fall on him as much as. I didn't like the play calling. Yeah, so um, let's let's jump into our good bad
0: ugly. Because I think you, a lot of this yeah. is
1: gonna come out in that. Okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah, we're getting into it. So Lions of the Week, Miles Sanders, Garrett Taylor, Lambs of the Week, Amani O'Ruborrier, and Jake Finnegar. Congrats, guys. Um yeah. all right, good, bad, ugly. So every week we break down um one or two things that we we saw from the game that were good, bad and ugly, pretty self explanatory. So I don't know if there's a whole lot left for good. Um, we kind of talked about I'm, it in I'm our lines, thing. but I
1: think we got a couple. So what do you got? I have uh, the early game play calling. I actually liked, I saw your tweet. <laughs> I love the fact that we were passing a lot early. And in, in my opinion, it was a huge factor in the two big runs that Miles Sanders had. Cause if you, I know for the big 78 yard one, it was the case. And I'm pretty sure it was for the 48 one as well, where we threw two successful passes. Michigan State has to drop back, respect the pass. And then especially in that 78-1 where they had nobody in the – They had one non-lineman in the box. Trace saw it and exposed it. Yeah, and I think that I think that was and a it, call on the line, it right? Had, yes, it was. Yeah. It was an audible. Yep. And so it had a lot to do with the fact that our passing game was not light, lighting the world on fire, but being successful. Yeah. And I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's absolutely a, a good call
0: out. And- yeah, it's it's tough, and we'll get to this maybe in the bad with, with when we say Trace had a bad game because, man, what are they? The 120-something pass, pass defense in the nation and, like, we couldn't light them up. So, yes, I agree. Early on, it looked – that's how it looked. Like, after
1: that first touchdown to KJ, because we had the – I think it was after Miles' run, Trace right? had, like, a good first quarter, and then his second and third quarters were very, yeah well, non-existent almost. Yeah, so after that
0: first uh, big run by Miles, um, he hits KJ on, like – I don't know if it was a slant or a skinny post, whatever you want to call it, but over, over the middle, that's like their favorite route. Um, and I was like, all right, this is going to be a good day. About 33 is going to catch by halftime. Like, this is going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the hat cam. Did you see that? The I hated the hat cam. Okay, thank you. I was going to say that. It was garbage. Go, everyone on Twitter is like, oh, it's so cool. No, Absolute dude. was like bullshit. I mean, it's cool for like a minute where you're like, oh, that's the view of the ref.
1: And then they try to use it like as actual. They were, the thing footage. is, they were using the, the hat cam way too much. Way too much. I, I need two hat cams the whole game. I was going to say and one, it. and
0: only when it's a really cool
1: shot. There were somewhere like you could see him like looking down. I'm like, I
0: don't need this. Here nor there. Uh, early game passing, yes, I agree, I think, was was really cool. Um, good for me. Uh, the stripe out looked really good. Um, Saquon was back. That was a lot of fun. God, these uh, were reaching for straws No, here. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, I actually do have one good. Uh, I thought Blake Gilligan had a really good game. Uh, eight punts. Averaged 45.5, had a long of 52. None of them really set the world on fire, but in a game where the offense just doesn't have it, I felt like he managed the field position pretty well and and kept us, especially when Michigan State offense just couldn't string things together, pinning them back and making them start drives deeper. I I thought he had a really good game and agreed. Something we haven't needed to see a whole lot this year, um, but glad he showed up. All right, anything else for good? uh like I said, reaching up straws with my stripe out. No. And Saquon being back. Um, all right, let's get into the bad. Uh, so, so for listeners, we go bad and ugly. Uh, again, it's kind of progressive, right? Good is good, bad is kind of eh, in the middle, and then ugly is is ugly. So let's talk about that middle middle
1: life of of bad. What do you got? Um, I'm going with Trace McSorley. Okay, let's um, get into it. Again, you know, 192 yards against one of the worst passing defenses in the country. It just isn't very good. Um, he's had trouble hitting any type of big pass this game, which is unlike him. Yeah. Um, and you saw, like, his, his, the downsides of his game seemed very apparent, where he was, he was sailing the ball to a lot of guys. He was overthrowing a lot of guys. Um, and, you know, that, that's something that he does sometimes in every game, mm-hmm. but he did it, like, very consistently in this game. And again, he, he he played nineteen passes, but only one hundred ninety-two yards. It's it's not what you want, yeah. Right? You, it He had trouble getting anything that wasn't like short to medium range. Yeah, you know? and and I With, feel like which they're... then trickled down to they no longer had to have the same respect for the passing game, and then the run game closed off.
0: Yeah, and we can, like I said, we can. You know, I'm like stumbling over my words. I, I am. I've been a Trace apologist. Um, I dropped that tweet about like his drop rate percentage and how it's the worst in the country with the receivers dropping the balls. I don't think we had a ton of drops this game that I remember. Um but what, what I'm gonna put on that spin zone of the bad is it's just the receiving the receiving core in general. Um we, we've been talking about this all year. Early on we talked about the drops. We talked about Jawan not being involved, we talked about DeAndre Tompkins not being involved. DeAndre was the one I almost thought about putting uh as my lamb. You know how many catches he had? Zero. Zero. You know how many games of the six we've played? He's had zero catches. Three? Four. Oh, Like, the guy's just non-existent, and I don't know why. He's a hell of a talented wide receiver. He's shown us that in the past. Jawan, this game, two receptions for 19 yards. yards. Um, the only two guys that Trace seems to trust are KJ and Pat Friermuth, two yeah. freshmen. KJ's a redshirt freshman. Pat Friermuth, yeah, he's like 20 years old, but guess what? He's a true freshman. Like these are two guys that have not played in games before, and he's the only—they're the only two that he seems to trust. Um, I was looking up the stats somehow. I don't know how Juwan is actually leads the team in receptions with 19. That, I mean, that just seems absurd, but he does. He had six in the
1: first game. Yeah, that probably inflates it. Uh, but I after that, he, I think he had another six against Ohio State, right? Yeah, but but after so that, twelve of nineteen in two games. Right, right. Uh,
0: after that, it's KJ with 18 and Pat Fryer Muth with 10. Like again, you shouldn't be relying on two freshmen. KJ's leading the yards race 374. Um, KJ has five touchdowns. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um my, my point being is that we came into the season saying receiver depth is a strength. We know we're young, but we've got the depth, and there are gonna be some guys stepping up. KJ and Pat Frymuth stepping up are supposed to be the bonus to the existing. Yeah. And it's just it's not, it's the only thing that's there. So I don't know who's to blame there. I don't and we I've talked about this before, how I miss the hell out of Josh Gaddis, our wide receivers coach, because I think he's just I mean, and he's not that you need to do a lot of Alabama, but he's got those Alabama receivers on something else with Tua down there. Um I, I miss him a whole lot. I, I don't know much about our new coach, uh David Corley, I think is his name. I don't know if it's on him. I don't know if it's on Ronnie's play calling, but I I mean I think it's apparent that losing our losing our assistant coaches, Gaddis Morehead Huff, like it's playing a factor because the talent's there, right? The talent I I think is there, even though yes, there's been a drop off. I just I don't know. It, it's really troubling to see that against the, one of the worst pass defenses in the country, we can't put up more than 200 yards passing. Agreed. Anything else in the bad category? I think I have one more um, uh, before we get to ugly. No, that's it for me. So the other one for me, and this is probably, oh, the fake punt. Yeah, I was actually. Was gonna, that ugly I was going to get into that an ugly, but. Oh, um, one, one, one for bad. And this is like almost auxiliary, but fucking slipping on the turf multiple times. When, when did that happen? Like, if you're slipping on the field in an away game at like maybe like one of those cool Boise State fields, it's blue. You never played on it before. Or like there's some sort of dome that you don't know about the conditions. I don't know. Like, I'm making shit up right now. This is our home field. Trace on a fourth down. He had green grass in front of him, puts his foot down to start running and just falls. And you could see on his face, he was so pissed because he knew he was going to convert. Yeah. Did it. Miles Sanders running in for what probably would have been a touchdown. And and we may have converted on this one. I don't, I don't know, but slips on like the four yard line. And again, pissed at himself. Zach McPherson, cornerback. I think it was Zach slips covering Felton Davis. Dude scores a touchdown. And that was not a pretty play at all. That was the one where um, Lowryki threw it up kind of to the sideline, and he dragged his foot or like across the pylon. Yeah. They reviewed it. There was no way they were going to overturn it. But man, if, if McPherson well, stays slip. on his feet, and again, I'm not blaming
1: him. Like I don't know what the condition. And there was one there. of mission State guys. At least one of them slipped on a big play yeah. too. If, if McPherson doesn't slip there, do they score that touchdown? I, I maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. It's like I hate playing that what if game because. You don't know. But, yeah, and Michigan State had a wide receiver that slipped on an open route, and uh, you saw Felton Davis do it one time and come up with a catch. Yeah, that one um, was unreal. Um that's that, yeah, that he uh, caught
0: in, like, his legs, right? Uh, yeah. That's one? Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. It's like it, it didn't look like it was raining. It looked like a beautiful day. Don't know why we wouldn't be prepared for our own field, but that just – that was one of those things. That seems like, strange. Yeah? In, in a down game, you don't need that. And that's just – it's like, really? So it was one of those, like, Murphy Law thing kind of – Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into ugly. Where do you want to start? Uh, play calling after the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, this is this is where the, the fire Franklin fire Ronnie mob comes in. So, so let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this wasn't like your usual issues that we had with James Franklin not being able to protect a league. Because it's not like he was up big and then got really conservative. Um, and, you know, it was still a close game when this happened. It just it seemed like things did get overly conservative. We weren't taking shots with the pass game anymore. Uh, a lot of the passes we were, you know, making were you know dink and dump passes. Yep. And then we we and it, things seemed a little predictable. Um, I I do think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it seemed like Trace did, didn't quite have his game that day. He was overthrowing receivers. He wasn't making throws that he usually makes, and I think that allowed Michigan State to put more pressure on our offense. Yeah. Um. But you know, I just, as a coach, you got to be able to—you got to do a better job of putting your players in a position to succeed. And I didn't see Franklin and Ronnie doing that in this game, offensively. Yeah, I, I agree, and I—I I, I like also that end zone fade to Juwan where we had to settle for the field goal, twenty-yard field goal. I hate that play. I hate that fucking play so much. And I gotta be honest with you—I don't know how great of a route runner Juwan Johnson is. I have to imagine he's not the best, considering he seems to disappear for large stretches of game. Can I tell you when I hate that play the most? On third
0: down, when yes. it's just not like the offense isn't clicking. That's the play that you take your chances on on first and goal because guess what? <laughs> if it doesn't work, you sail it out of the end zone and
1: you got a couple you, of shots you, you to run it day. But when that's your last play you got to go to something that's a little more high percentage. And the, I'd rather you run a slant to the middle of the end zone. Not even a high percentage. Give yourself options. I mean, it
0: was a, what, a three-step drop? Toss it up? Yep. If he's not there, that's the whole play. That's what you're going to, like, really – That's your last your, shot? You're going to anchor your season on that? Like, I don't know. It, it was it was really, really ugly. Um, I was watching with my dad, and shout-out to Papa Hankin. Uh, he and I are no longer allowed to watch games together. Uh, The last game we watched start to finish was for his 60th birthday in Las Vegas last year when we blew an 18 point lead to Ohio state. Uh, So dad, I love you. We just can't watch games anymore together. Bad luck charm. Maybe I'm a bad luck charm with you. I don't know. Um, But we were sitting there on, on our last offensive drive and we ran the ball twice. And, my dad's more my dad's like definitely more negative than I am when it comes to games. Cause I'm, I'm sitting there like, all right, come on, guys, come on. He's LFC like Jets this. fan. What do you want from him? Very true. It's not his fault. Very true. I'm sitting there like, come on, guys, we got this. We got this. And he's sitting there, why the fuck are you running it again? And like, we kind of, you know, we we have our our fun with it. So I'm yelling back and I'm like, well, they have to run. They have to make them use their last timeouts. They have to. Which I agree with, and I still I still stand by. But you can mix it up with a little screen pass, a swing pass, which you know I hate, Yeah, but it's high percentage. Keep the clock moving. And then, I mean, the mental mistake of Trace to to go out of bounds on that last one. Um, it was, what, third and something? you remember that? Was, yeah, we we ran it tried. twice, third and something, Trace <clears> runs. <throat> and, it, that, I mean, that's just the competitor of him trying to get extra yards, and he goes out of bounds. I don't I mean, think it would have made a difference. I don't think so either, but it's just, it's all the little things that in a loss like this, you point back to. Um, so, yeah, that... I, I agree with the play calling and this is one of the stats uh, from Ben Jones on Twitter. I think he writes for statecollege.com. Uh, so we talk a lot about and until we until we lose a game by more than three points, you're gonna keep hearing about this trend right of not being able to close out. Um, and Penn State's last five losses, Penn State has started 11 drives with less than 10 minutes to play. So we have had 11 drives less than 10 minutes to play with a lead. how many how many ha- yeah probably with a lead. Um, at, at, at the very least tied uh, how many of those do you think we've scored on I, I'm sorry repeat it A, so in those last five losses right we lost to USC Ohio State Michigan State Ohio State Michigan State okay in those five games we have started 11 drives on offense with less than 10 minutes to play how many of them have we scored on two none oh god we have scored on none of our 11 drives at less than 10 minutes to play. Now, when there's less than 10 minutes or you know, less than eight, less than five minutes, really all you gotta do, run the clock, make them use their timeouts if they have them and get a first down, two first downs, right? And I'm talking more when you get into like the four or three minutes here, you gotta get first downs and extend the game. Of those 11 drives, how many yards do you think they average? Less than 20. 14! That sucks, man. And that's that's where the criticism comes in. And Yeah, that's one first down per if that, right? And if you're averaging, hell, there's gonna be plenty that were three and outs. Yeah. Um and we saw that. Like like we we saw that in this and game. Essentially
1: guess, you're you're taking like two minutes off the clock. I yeah, mean.
0: which is playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And that's where the criticism comes in. And again, I agree with Franklin, yes, I'd much rather lose close games than be blown out and have a chance, but it's not like we're fighting and we just didn't convert the last one. It's We have, we have the lead in a lot yeah, of these games. I'd rather win
1: close games than lose them.
0: You're damn right. <laughs> it's hot take alert. Hot take. Um, but, yeah, that's where the criticism comes in, and, and it's tough, man. It, it's really tough because we have the lead. And this is what pisses me off, too, when people – everyone is tweeting, like, at ball coach Jomo, Joe Moorhead, please come back. At Jomo, we miss you. At Jomo. Well, three of those five losses were with Jomo calling the blips.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, you can – I don't think anyone would disagree with you right now that Joe Moorhead is a better offensive coordinator than Ricky Ronnie. If he wanted to come back tomorrow, I would say yes. Of course. But like, it's just a lazy narrative to say, Oh, it's, it's, it's just Joe. Morehead. Yeah. We've lost five games. We've had the lead in five games or close to it and we just haven't finished. So it, it's really frustrating. And I mean, Franklin's speech after the Ohio state of going from great to elite. Like I still believe that. And this is one of those little things that guess what, man? Elite teams, hell, at this point, great teams. Have elite coaches. We did not not look like a great team this week. Nope. Great teams find a way to finish those games. They find a way to get 10 yards for a first down just to clinch it, and we haven't done that. So that's what fires me up. That's what gets me pissed off. It's like, just get 10 yards, get the first down. Like, I want to see a victory offense in one of these type games. I want to see us kneel the ball because we have checkmated them.
1: Yeah. Your timeouts
0: are gone. We got the first down. There is nothing you can do. Like every one of these wins, is you're holding your breath. Like, oh shit, oh shit, is it going to happen? Yeah. So I can talk about that forever. Let's move on because we're getting close to uh close to time here. Um, what did I say I had for ugly? I was going to get to special teams, right? The fake punt. Um, that was ugly. Um, the 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 thing that gets me the most here is. Franklin preached it all week, and we talked about that on the previews. He said, hey, they run a lot of fakes. We got to be ready for that. You had to know it was coming, and I I don't know. like Can you defend the fake on every punt, or does that does that? Yeah, you can. I I think so, right? Like, Sometimes I have these takes in my head, and I don't want to come off sounding like a complete idiot, but if you know this team does that, why not just have a spy there? Is that really going to make the difference in your punt return? Maybe. Rush one less guy. You're not going to block it anyway. Pull one guy to watch him and it was a fourth and six. Like it wasn't like a one yard sneak. Like You got like, you got like
1: 25 yards. Yeah,
0: 25 yards on it. Um, that was just really, really embarrassing. It was like, well, we knew it was coming. Couldn't do a damn thing about it. So that really sucked. Yeah. And then um, the, the fake field goal attempt uh, that you talked about before. That one worked. Thank God for Garrett Taylor. Yeah. Otherwise we look really bad with a big
1: man. Uh, what's his name? Raquan Raquan Davis, like that, uh, with a big man scoring touchdown. So I'll tell you what though, that wasn't, that didn't look as much like we were just kind of standing there with our cocks in our hands, like the punt did. Yeah. They were more than one guy. Yes. Yes. And we were ready for it. It's
0: just to be that close even scared me. Um, And this is another one, right? Coach Huff, who's now at Mississippi State with Mississippi. I said that. Um, Coach Huff, who's at Mississippi State with Moorhead, was our special teams coordinator. We've got a new special teams coordinator, and that's That's still working out
1: for him. Yeah,
0: so Phil Galliano, I think is his name. Um, The return, return game wasn't anything special. KJ had three kick returns for 57, 19 yards on average. DeAndre, three for 17 punt returns. Five yards on average. Um, Penninger, we talked about. So outside of Gillikin, special teams didn't really have a great day. No. Um, so that was kind of ugly for me. Um, I think that's all. Of the shit, man, we could talk about this forever. I think yeah. we've
1: I think we've exhausted most of what went wrong in this game. Yeah. One thing I want to do is give credit where credit is due to Michigan State, where uh, they're the best tackling team I've seen in college so far. They don't miss tackles, man, and that was a that was a big part of you know, things that Penn State can often expose on other teams is, you know, especially with Miles Sanders mm-hmm. breaking out of tackles. And he, he, even he could do it. And then that flea flicker that they got for, I, I think it was either a touchdown or they got tackled with the one yard line. Yeah. That actually wasn't poorly defended. We didn't get fooled. They just made a really good play. And so you got to give credit to where credit is due to Michigan State who played, came in not with the, you know, their full healthy roster, to, they were really banged up. Yeah, to a homecoming game in Beaver Stadium and played well. Yeah. I mean, this is what now? Two
0: losses in Beaver Stadium in the last two games. Prior to that, we hadn't lost at home in, what, two years, I think it was? Yeah. It sucks. Um, so, yeah, I, yes, you have to give credit. I, I see why they're the number one run defense. We got to expose them on two runs. Other than that, they even shut us down. Um, we did not show up to play, and they did. That's, that's what it comes down to. Oh, last thing. Almost completely forgot about this. I will never, ever, ever be a guy to blame the game on the refs. But holy shit! Well, they called that calls a
1: defense uh, holding defensive on a defensive lineman on a run play. Like he's swimming. Where it, for, oh yeah, where it God. didn't, ha- where it didn't happen, and then they he score a touchdown. He didn't even touch and him, and that was on a third down too. He did not even touch him. I like mean, he, he literally,
0: like, I don't know, swim move is the wrong term, but like, he pushed offensive lineman to the side and like it
1: would maybe contact for half a second yeah maybe that was just i mean yeah i i understand that you know as a team you have to get over that and make the play after that call happens but to pretend that a referee didn't gift wrap a first down to michigan state on a drive where they weren't gonna score and then they end up scoring seven and then we lose by four Mm -hmm. that's a big deal it's a huge deal. Six penalties, forty-one yards. So that doesn't jump out at
0: you, but like you said, they were timely. The other one, which I can't blame the refs because this was completely on us. We get a goal line stop, and then CJ Thorpe swings Dude, it. Again? That fucking kid. I didn't even see. I on the replay, I didn't even really see the swing, but I believe it. And we've praised CJ for his mean streak and how he's nasty and how he's he'll go yeah, to war for a you. a fucking idiot,
1: though.
0: Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. We stopped them, right? That was third down, and maybe yep. they would have went for it. Maybe they would have scored anyway. But on third down, when your defense has a goal-line stand, and you're getting on sportsman-like to give them a first down, because they went and scored on that. I'm like, oh,
1: that was brutal. Um, penalties did, all around. Did he stuff. get in the game for the rest? I don't think he – You could see Franklin giving it to him on the sidelines. I, I mean, I'll Jeez. be honest. He should not have stepped foot on that field for the rest of the game after that. And I'm totally okay with Franklin – Keeping him out after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the tough part is, and this is the reason why he's on the defensive line to begin with, is um, Ellison Jordan has been out with his knee. Um, Antonio Shelton, I think it is, got hurt this game, um, so our defensive tackle depth is, is getting thin, which is why we converted him from offensive yeah. tackle to defensive tackle. But if you saw that clip, I'll try to pull it uh, if I can get a replay. Franklin was letting them have yeah, him on the sideline. Uh um, deservedly so. That's a lot yeah. of, as dumb of a thing as you can do. Yep, completely agree. Um, last stat, and then I actually will wrap up. Uh, third down efficiency, again, continues just to be a
1: plague for us. Three of 14. You're just not going to win games that way. So. Yeah, and a lot of this was, again, I thought Trace was overthrowing kids. Um, he he just didn't. He had that one play where the ball literally slipped out of his hand. Uh, he, he didn't look very clean. But also, you know, we weren't exactly getting set up for manageable third downs either yep Yep. exactly so lots to take away from this game
0: a lot of bad a lot of ugly a little bit of good there's a little bit of good um season for title hopes is over but listen if you put any sort of effort energy into supporting this team if you are more than just a casual watcher if you are listening to this podcast if you're going to a bar and screaming your lungs out if you're reading any of the blogs you're pissed because you care. And that's good. That's okay. Like, get over this one. Give yourself a couple days more if you need to. Be pissed. Be upset. Okay. Get over it. Get back on board. Indiana, 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 Indiana. We'll talk about it in the preview, but at Indiana, 1230 noon. Man, this team better coming out fire. and we're going to be in for another ugly one. Um, all right. We didn't do Big Ten Awards. Do we want to do a two-minute? No, all right. Big Ten, <laughs> baller and bozo of the week. No one gives a shit. <laughs> um, next week we'll get back to it hopefully after a win. Uh PSU in the NFL, pretty good week. Saquon crushed it, even though the Giants suck. Uh Godwin had a touchdown. Kasicki had a really cool hurdle. But Dude, I, I think Godwin's nice. had a touchdown every game this season. Sure. He's really good. He's a really good player, and I think he's I gonna, think gonna be really every good. Game this season, I think he's, he's gonna, gonna be touchdown. really good for a really long time. Um probably still, some more we we'll, still piss the Jets past on him. I, I don't remind for me. a guy that's not even on the roster. Not even the roster. Our Darius Stewart. Um well, We'll talk more about that on our, our midweek episode. And we do preview the Indiana. So check us out on social media uh, at no Names All Game, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, tell your friends about us. You can join us when we win and celebrate or sit here and commiserate with us when we lose. Yeah. We're,
1: we're here for you either way. Uh, Pat, any last words for the fans? We love this team so much, guys. And I know they've hurt us. And I know it stings. But it will get better. It will. Just keep coming back for more. We are.